a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow these vessels abroad of your my neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour into the vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Familiar passage if you've been around church. But for this moment, I just want to talk. And I want you to tell your neighbor, you know, I like to get you to help me spread the word. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, don't break the flow. Yeah, look at your other neighbor. Say, neighbor, don't break the flow. Let us pray. Father, in this moment, Lord, we come and we beseech you, O oh God, that you will speak today. We beseech you, O oh God, that you will speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. We beseech you, O oh God, that you will give us clarity. We beseech you, O oh God, that you will give us understanding. We beseech you, O oh God, that you would just breathe on us even more. We beseech you, O oh God, that you will speak to every dead place today and cause life. We thank you, Lord, for where there has been a dam, there's going to be a flow. And I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Don't break the flow. So it says, it's statistics in doing research, it says it takes about 60, oh, I'm sorry, rather 30 to 60 days to break a habit. About 30 to 60 days to break a habit. Now, it seems like a long time to break a habit, but it's it deal, it's dealing with the psychosis of what really makes you want the habit in the first place. Before you break anything, I think it's imperative that you dig into the question of asking yourself, why do you fall back to this habit? What is it about this habit that, that nurtures you, that satisfies you, that, that, that speaks to you? By the way, I'm sorry. Can we praise God for our internet streaming audience? God bless you. All over the world. People are watching all over the world. We, we just came back from Orlando, as my wife said. And, uh, we've had so many people saying we were watching you all and 
streaming you all and supporting you all, so I praise God for you. You got to get down to the fact of why we do what we do. It's not enough to address what we do if you never get down to the bare roots of asking why we do what we do. What makes us comfortable about a certain thing? What, what, is, what is it about, our, about this thing that makes it our go-to? When the pandemic first started, many people began to cook old-fashioned comfort foods again. And many of us began to gain that COVID, yes, yes. Uh, that, that COVID additive, <laughs> self-included. And the jackets got a little tight, because you weren't wearing suits back in the day. So you locked in the house, where you gonna wear a suit too? Even on the Zoom, you can leave that bad boy open, right at those. Sweatpants every day. You have no need for that belt. You have to dust the belt off. But the, the reason why is because people went back to comfort foods, things that made them comfortable, things that, that they could do with no thought, things that, that would bring them a sense of solace in a chaotic world, things that would bring them a sense of peace in a time of chaos. And so many times when we go back to a habit, then that is indeed what we're doing. We're, we're trying to go and find your little bit of peace, even if it's in a bad habit. Now, a bad habit is not always drinking cigarette, or drinking cigarette, smoking cigarette, drinking cigarette. It's weird, but hey, you can do what you want to. Smoking cigarettes, biting your fingernails, you know, drinking extensively. Your bad habit may not be that. Your bad habit, many of us can have this, the, your bad habit and your comfort food could be the habit of limiting yourself. The habit of self-sabotaging. The habit of when you know, you know you could do better. You know you could give 100 you give 90, and you just say, well, this is the best I can do. When that extra 10 just requires a bit more stretching than what you are normally comfortable doing. And so you give the 90, and then it never pans out the way you want it because what you are trying to do requires 100, not 90. Old folks said 99 and a half won't do. Lord, I'm running, trying to make 100. 99 and a half won't do. And so we, you, you live with this philosophy that D's get degrees. When in reality, you can get A's. And I don't have a quick round for that. A's and you can say You can make something up for yourself. Just write that down. That's your task, that's your homework history. Come on, something to take that. You can get the A, you choose not to. Because barely making it is good enough. At least I made it. So why do we fall into that habit of limiting ourselves 
when we serve a limitless God. When Joshua sent the spies out in Numbers 13, they came back and gave the report, and they saw we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we, listen to this, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Listen how they talk to themselves. We were in their sight, grasshoppers. Nobody told them that. You tried to look through somebody else's eyes to, to, in hopes that they will perceive you like you perceive yourself. You saw yourself as a grasshopper, so you assume those people saw you as grasshoppers. There's a book that I read, it's called uh, Tribes, and it talks about how we in society, our, our comfort food or our, uh, our fallback is to assimilate to our tribes for comfort. And it talks about how when you walk into a room, you walk into a new room, that the apprehension you have to really engage with the room, that's my testimony. Some people I know, that ain't great testimony. They walk into a room, boom, hello. I'm like, I, I'll be right here in the corner. Enjoy that. Anybody in here inside of, anybody in here feel like you you used to be an introvert, or you used to be an extrovert, and you kind of introvert, or you was, you you know, you just, I mean, I, I love, I love extrovert. You know, but then sometimes I just go find that corner. I'll be right there. Y'all enjoy it. I'll be right here when you need me. Don't you don't have to. Don't don't worry. If you come back looking thirty minutes later, I'm gonna be right here. I'm here. But they felt they they saw themselves as grasshoppers in somebody else's sight. How's that possible? How do you know how I see you? Unless unless the wavelengths. The energy that you are giving off makes me see you as a grasshopper. So I know people are going to respect you at the level that you respect yourself. They're going to do to you what you allow them to do. They're going, they're going to speak to you in a manner in which you allow them to do. And so it's up to you whether you're going to accept it or whether you're going to confront it. This Elijah in Kings, in 2 Kings, was found by Elijah the Tishbite in uh, 1 Kings 19. Now, Elijah walked by this Elijah, for my scripture today, and caused his mantle to pass by. Caused his goodness to pass by. I mean, threw his mantle on. Elijah was plowing at the, with the 12 yokes of, of oxen. And the old man threw something on him that he couldn't ignore. And he said, I, I, I want to follow you. Let me go back and kiss my mother and my father because something about what you have, I need. And something about who you are, I need that. So he said, let me go back and kiss my mother and my father and, and let me say goodbye to them and let me go, come and follow you. And Elijah said, what, what, what did I do to you? What, what do I have for you? And it's like he wasn't even listening. He went back. He killed. He slaughtered the oxen. He burnt 
their, the, the wood. He, he slaughtered them, he boiled their flesh, and gave the meat out to the people, and he went and served Elijah. Can I, can I, is, is there anybody in the room who feels like, like I do that, that there are some things in your life backwards is never going to be your position? Yeah, you, you, Elijah, he, he, he didn't just say, okay, I'm going to go back and kiss my mother and father. He said, I'm going to kill the oxen. I'm going to slaughter it. I am not going backwards. I'll go anywhere. I'll go side by side. I'm, even if i got to go forward slowly, i go anywhere but backwards. Backwards is not the direction I'm going. Is there anybody's testimony? I am not going backwards. Been there, done that, got a t-shirt, I don't even wear it no more. I use it as a dust rag. I am not going back to that anymore. I'm not going back to that thinking anymore. I'm not going back to that mental place anymore. I'm not going to even let you take me back there anymore because I remember what it felt like. I remember what it felt like to be that angry all the time. I remember what it felt like to be that lonely all the time. I remember what it felt like to have that mindset that I had. I'm not doing that anymore. You're not going to take me there no more. I'm not going to allow myself to go there anymore. Anywhere I'm going, backwards will not be on the mouth. Can you say amen? Amen. And so Elijah said, I want a double portion of your spirit. So he said to him, if, if you are here when I'm taken up, if you follow me, if you stay with me, then you'll get it. Can I tell somebody, maybe you, maybe you are, uh, have a, a job or, or you work and, and you have mentors or people who want to who learn from you, who want to glean from you. You got people who want to receive from you. Be slow on what you give out. Be mindful of that. See, because this generation of people, they want, they want the glory without fully having the story. See, they want, they want to follow you because you look you look good. You got a major following on social media. You're talented at what you do. They don't see all of the blood, sweat, and tears you put in. And so now they want a double portion of your spirit. Where were you when I was crying for this? I was laboring for this. Where were you when I felt depression hit me and I wondered, am I making a difference? Where were you? So be careful about who you give your spirit to. Be careful about who you give your energy to. Be careful about who you give yourself to. Because some people are not worthy of what they're asking for. They only want it so they can take a picture with it and say that I was with them then. And look at me now. you got to be mindful of that. See, some of these people nowadays, let me tell you this, and I, and I plan to say it later. But this is, this is very noteworthy. The most dangerous drug in the world right now, listen to this, is not methamphetamines. It's not cocaine. It's not marijuana. The most dangerous drug in the world right now is attention. It's attention. For attention, people will sell their birthright. For attention, people will sell out their parents. I don't understand it. And now, I may be old school in my thinking. Pardon me. I'm sorry. Somebody else maybe can speak to something different. But it, it bothers me when I, you see all of these pranks online and you pranking your parents and you pranking older people. And it just bothers me that you tripping an older person and I'm supposed to laugh at that. It bothers me. See, you do stuff for attention. Let me let, also take this down. Greed will never tell you when you've had enough. Amen. 
And they never tell you you had enough. Greed will never say, okay, we got, we got, we're at capacity, we're at our quota. So you gotta be careful. See, because the more attention you want, the more attention you're gonna get. And sooner or later, you're gonna run out of ideals on what, how to be creative. So now you gotta come up with stuff. And the more you start trying to come up with stuff, the more drastic you have to be because you've bored them with that first level of attention that they gave you. Attention is the most dangerous drug in the world. Just for attention, people will do all sorts of crazy things for attention. And then let me tell you, once you get the attention, then what? Then what? You get the social media following, you get the blogs, you get people to talk about you, and then what? See, people want to be famous. They don't want to be effective. Don't give me the fame. Give me the effectiveness. Fame is, is, is overrated. Give me the effectiveness. Somebody say, Lord, make me effective. I don't want the fame. I don't want to be able to, not to be able to go sit at a restaurant and, and be unbothered. I enjoy that now. But here's the thing about it. If you become effective, more people going to know you. But I'd rather be effective and be known for being effective than being known for throwing a balloon, a, wet, a balloon of water off the bridge and hitting somebody's car with it. Oh, you were funny. That was funny. And now that's all they know you for. They don't know you for a brain. They don't know you for who you are. They don't know that you're a loving, kind person, but you just wanted the likes, so you did it for the likes. Sorry, God. So Elijah said, if you are with me when I am taken up, if you can stand, if you can just stand through the storms, if you can stay with me, go with me through this, then I give it to you. And the Bible says that the chariot of fire drove my horses, came and took Elijah. And the young Elijah was saying, my father, my father. And he, he took him up, the uh, chariot took him up. Now the Elijah that left did eight miracles. And Elijah that was still here throughout his lifetime, he performed 15. And you would think for you to get a double portion. What happened? The last time I checked, if he did eight, if you did 15 in your life, you didn't do, you didn't get what you asked for. Until the Bible talks about the dead man when Elijah died, they dropped on his body and he rose up from the dead. Making it 16. Can I tell somebody in this room, God is about to take you to a level that the people around you have never been before. He's about to give you that double portion. The thing that you are about to do, the person who came before you, our predecessors, our ancestors are going to be marveling at what you do and the favor that God is going to put on your life. It doesn't look like you say, well, I don't feel like that I am higher. I have done more. But God said, take another look. I'm going to do something in your lifetime that is going to exceed what your parents did, what your grandparents did, what your great-great-grandparents did. And as we get ready for Mother's Day and we coming up to Father's Day next month, if you're a mother and a father, you should want your children to do more than you are. 
I don't care. If I took over the United States, then take over North America. If I took over this street, then take over the city. I want to see you do more than what I'm doing. I want to see you conquer more. I did the fighting for you. You're going to have your sets of fights that come along in your lifetime, but I want to see you do more. Glory to God. This woman in our text came to Elijah at a desperate time because her husband had died and she was getting ready to sell off her sons because the debt collectors were coming. And it was common to sell off your kids back then because you had to pay the debt. And so she went to him almost as a last resort and says, I'm about to sell them off because I've run out of options and I'm frustrated and I'm tired. I was praying about this and the Lord put me in the mindset of the woman, the widow. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I've tried all I could try. My last resort is to sell the thing I love to lift this burden. Can I tell you something that the Lord told me? Do not make major decisions when you're tired. You've got to be careful of making major decisions when you're tired. She was about to sell off something, give something up, over something God was going to fix. It was a temporary frustration. For her, it was mammoth. For you, it feels mammoth. What you're going through, what you're dealing with, what's frustrating you, what's upsetting you. But the Lord said, before you give something away, before you sell a birthright, before you sell a promise, get some rest. Get some rest because when you're tired, when you're at a point of frustration, when it feels like you're driving a car and all of the lights are going off, that's the time that you got to praise God the most. Amen. That's the time you got to ignore the lights and come to the farm. Yeah. See, because this lady was about to make a, a permanent decision over something God was about to fix. And you're about to make a permanent decision over something that God is about to fix. I feel glory. I, 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 I don't know who this is for. Maybe you're watching online. Don't make a permanent decision while you're tired. Don't do it. Take a break. Get, get some counseling. Get some help. Take a couple of days away. Get a refresher. Walk outside. But don't make a major decision while you're tired because it could be possible when you come back, when you finally get some sleep, you come back the next day, you can't undo what you just did. That's also, you also need to know that don't make declarations while you're tired, while you're frustrated. You're in a in disagreement with your spouse, with your children. Don't make declarations. In a moment of frustration, in the heat of battle, I can't stand you. I feel like this. 
You'll never be there. See, when you, when you come back and you got some rest, see, you can't take those words back. You can't take I'm sick of you back. You can't take that back. The amount of people, the amount of parents who got frustrated with their children, and they had a right to be frustrated, but they used such negative words towards them, that child would never come back, and vice versa. There are some things that are deal killers, and you have to be mindful of that. So while you're frustrated, hold back some of those weapons. While you're tired, hold back some of that. Because you'll get out there so far, you'll never get back. And even if you apologize and you forgive, it's hard to forget. See, and even if they say, I forgive you, they'll always remember how that made them feel. I forgive you, but I'll always know how disappointed I was that you would say that to me. He said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me. What hast thou in thy house? I think that's so amazing because the Lord said what he's about to do for you this flow that's about to happen in your life, it's going to start with something that's right in your reach. It's going to start with something that's readily available to you that you can reach your hand out to. And see, you don't see it as significant, but God sees it as just enough. He said, what is in your house that you are ignoring? Who's around you that you don't talk to? What resource have I already placed in your way that you just walked by? The blessing that you are seeking God for is right in your house. You are about to sell your kids. You are about to sell them off and do something permanent. But God said the solution to your next is right in your house. And I'm going to do something to you that you'll never forget. And God is about to give you a revelation of what you have. I, I gotta, I, I gotta pause here. I gotta pause, and I gotta tell you this: this message. Is not a sermon as a word. This message is a prophetic word the Lord gave me for somebody. I don't know who it is. And I hope that you receive it. She went in and she shut the door. And the Lord told me to tell you where he's about to take you. What he's about to do in your life, it's going to start when you shut the door. Shut the door. The Lord said, I'm about to do something, but you got to shut some doors in your life. You got too many doors open. You got too much noise around you. 
You got too many opinions around you. You got too many other, other people who have thoughts about you, around you. But the Lord said, it's going to start, the flow is going to start with you shutting the door. And it's not just noise, and it's not just opinions. But the Lord said, you need to shut the door because what I'm about to do for you is not up for public display yet. It's not up for public display. This is going to be something private between you and I. And I don't need the, the public to peek in on what I'm doing. Because when I get ready to do it, when I unlock it, when the flow starts, people are not going to believe that the hand of the Lord is on you like it is. Because they're going to see it as easy. Because God has given you the grace for it. So he said, I got, you, I got to put you in a place and shut the door. I got to put you in my secret place. I got to put you in my hiding place. And I'm going to give you the grace to do the thing that's going to cause the flow in your life. And I don't need other people peeking in. Because if they peek in and they see that, oh, he got some jars of, of uh, oil, then they're going to come in and say, I just need jars, jars of oil. They're going to peek in and say that it must be this or it must be that. And they're going to try to put an equation around what I'm going to do. But they don't understand that what I'm doing for you and doing to you is going to be specific for you. And I am doing something. I'm giving you the grace for the flow that's about to happen in your life. And nobody else can reduplicate you can have a flow, and you can have a flow, and you can have a flow, but you won't have his, and she won't have yours, and she won't have hers, because I'm going to do something specific in your life, but first, I got to shut the door. This is going to be between me and you, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm about to put you in my secret place. I'm about to hide you. If you felt hidden, that's good because he said, I needed you to be hidden so I could do the work that I needed to do in your life. He said, I feel like I've been in the dark. Good. He said, I do my best work in the dark. I stepped out on nothing and I said, let there be in the beginning. Adam, I'm going to pull something out of you, but i got to put you to sleep first. Moses, I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments, but you got to come into the dark first. He said, I do my best work in the dark. I don't need light to be effective because I am light. I don't need light. I am both natural and celestial light. I don't know who this is who I am talking to, but the Lord said what he has been doing in your dark place, what he has been doing in your secret place, what he has been doing in your place of frustration, what he has been doing in your hour of loneliness is preparing you, but he first had to shut the door. You said, Lord, it feels like doors have been shut in my life. It feels like doors have been shut. It feels like opportunities have been shut out. It feels like I've been lonely, Lord. Opportunities I thought would, would come and opportunities I thought would take me to the next level. It felt like doors shut, 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 one after another. He said, look, I did that on purpose because I needed you solidified. I needed you sanctified. That means I needed you set aside for me. And the Lord also told me, before your flow starts, you are going to have to shut some doors behind you. You are going to have to shut some doors 
for this new place I'm taking you, you are going to have to shut the door. Shut the door to some people. Shut the door to some opinions. It don't matter what they think. Let them think what they think. It don't matter how they feel. Let them feel how they feel. It don't matter you grew up with them. Shut the door. Shut the door. I need you to take 30 seconds and praise God for shut doors. Shut the door. Take a step and shut that door right behind you. Shut the door. Shut the door. I'm shutting the door. You no longer have place in my life. I'm shutting the door. We grew up together. But I'm going out of this. Shut the door. Shut, shut, shut. Shut, shut, shut the door. Shut the door. Shut the door. And he said, go and borrow, not a few. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full, she said unto her son, bring me a vessel. And he said, there's not another vessel. And the oil stayed. Touch your neighbor and say, don't stop the flow. Don't stop the flow. Don't stop the flow. Here's what got me. Here's what got me. Now I want you to see this. He said, borrow not a few. And she got ready to ask her son, give me another vessel. He said, there are no more. What's a few? He didn't say borrow 10. He said borrow not a few. The Lord said, could it be possible that you are putting a limit on the flow when he is not? Could it be possible? He said, borrow not a few. At what point did the son say, this is enough? At what point did the son say, I'm tired of borrowing? At what point did the son say, I'm capped out and this is all we need? He said, borrow not a few. The not a few is up to you. The not a few is up to you. He said, if you got the capacity, I'll keep flowing. I'll keep flowing. As long as you bring me a job, I'll keep flowing. Borrow, not a few. I'm not putting a limit. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm not putting a limit on what I'm going to do in your life. But the moment you get tired and you stop borrowing a jar, he said, that's when the oil is going to stop. He said, borrow, not a few. And when the oil found the jar, there was a flow. Tell somebody, don't break the flow. Don't break the flow. Now, I know you're saying, why did I have to borrow? Why would I have to borrow? Why, prophet, you come into my house? Lord, why do I have to borrow? Why do I have to get deeper in debt? Why do things have to get bad? Why do things have to get bad? And they get bad and they get worse. And they get bad and they get worse. And they get worse and they get worse, sir. And they get worse, sir. And they get the worst sticks. And he said, Lord, I needed you to do that. So I can prove to you how good I am. I can prove to you how strong I am in your weakness. So I had to let it get bad. So that when the flow starts, when it flow, when I begin to flow in your life, there'll be no doubt that it was me and nobody else. There would be no doubt. So he said, I had to dig you a little deeper. I had to dig that church a little bit deeper. So when the devil comes and tries to fight you and says, look at you, this season ain't going to last. Look at you. 
I'm not going to take it away soon. You can say, no, devil. You see how hard I had to fight? I ain't going to let this flow stop. And the Lord said, because you allowed me to speak and you listened to my voice and you trusted me when you couldn't see me and you trusted me when you didn't understand me and you went and borrowed even though you was in debt and you trusted me in the dark place and you trusted me in the secret place and you trusted me in the hidden place and you trusted me and you walked in your closet and sometimes you would burst out in tears and you walked in your closet and said all I have is this jar Lord that's all you left me with this is all I got everybody done walked out and all I got is this jar he said I'm going to use that jar and I'm going to cause a flow in your life my God, he said, don't break the flow. I'm going to cause a flow in your life. Bring me what you have, and I'm going to pour into it. Bring me what you have, and I'm going to bless you with it. Bring me what you have, and I'm going to cause a flow in your life that will never, ever stop. I'm going to cause a flow in your life. There's going to be a continuous flow in your life. The Lord told me to tell you to get another jar. Get another jar. Go back to school. Get another degree. Open up another business. Go for another promotion. Give me another jar. And as, as long as you bring me a jar, I'm going to pour the oil into it. Bring me another jar. I got more oil. I got more oil than you got jars. And if you bring me a jar, I promise I'm going to fill it. As long as you keep bringing jars, I'm going to fill it. He that comes to God must first believe that he is. He is my jar filler. He is the filling God. If you bring me an emptiness, I'm going to fill it. If you bring me an emptiness, I'm going to fill it. If you bring me an emptiness, I'm going to fill it. Let it flow. Just let it flow. Let it flow. I dare you for the next 30 seconds to praise your God for a flow. It's not a hard thing for me. It's an easy thing. If you bring the joy, I'm going to pour it out. The Lord said when I was preparing this message as somebody who I, I, all I could do is hear keys in my head. I don't know. You're getting ready to go for a promotion. You're getting ready to go for a house. You're getting ready to go for a business. You're getting ready to expand. And all I can hear is keys jiggling in my spirit. All I can hear is keys. The Lord said he's about to unlock some doors you thought were locked. He's about to unlock some doors you didn't think existed. He said, in fact, I'm going to make a door in a wall, and I'm going to open up a door for you. He said, if you bring me the joy, I'm going to fill it. He said, if you bring me your emptiness, I'm going to fill it. He's getting ready to flow in your life like you never had. He's getting ready to flow, flow in your life, flow in your marriage, flow in your house, flow with your children. Flow, flow, he's getting ready to flow. He's getting ready to flow. And the people around you, the people around you are going to say it doesn't take all that. The people around you are going to say you don't need all that. But here's what you got to understand. See, the Bible says that they, she sold the oil and was able to live off of the rest. And the Lord said, challenge my people not to get comfortable. 
because she sold it. And now she was able to live a comfortable life. But I didn't call you to just have a comfortable life. Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. I'm calling you that you will have so much wealth that you will have wealth for four generations. I'm calling you to have so much flow. Your grandchildren, your grandchildren's grandchildren are going to be able to eat off of the flow that I'm about to pour into your life. I don't know who this is for, but the Lord said there's about to be a constant flow in your life. And at first, it's going to feel funny. At first, you're not going to know how to take it because you've been used to a flow and a stop, a flow and a stop, a dribble and a drip, a dribble and a drip. But the Lord said it's going to be a constant flow. He said you're going to have to get used to the new normal of flowing in your life. You're going to get used to the new normal. You, you are going to be waiting and bracing yourself with the flow stop. And the Lord told me to tell you this is a constant flow. This is a flow for the rest of your life. This is the flow your children are going to eat from. This is the flow your grandchildren are going to eat from. This is the flow. This is the flow. This is not a one-time occurrence. I am an eternal God, and I'm making you an eternal promise. Your children will eat off of the flow that you pour out. Your children will eat off of the flow you have now. Your children, this is not a drip. This is not a cup. This is God's flow. I will give you houses you didn't build, things you didn't grow. He said it's going to be a flow. It's going to be a flow. It's going to be a flow. A flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. He let it flow. He's about to flow in your life. He's about to flow in your life. I'm telling you. I'm telling you as a prophet of God, there will not be a day in your life where we, you will not have a flow. There will not be another contract that you will come up against that God will not give you a flow. There will not be another opportunity where God will not give you the flow. If you come up to a contract and somebody brings you a deal and it's not a flow, it's not of God. He said, what I have for you, there's going to be a constant flow. Get ready. There's going to be a constant flow. If you are in a business where you deal with contracts. The Lord said, there's not going to be another day where you will not have a contract in your favor. I don't know who I'm talking to. There will not be another day where you will go without a client. There will not be another day where you will not go without what you need. There will not be another promotion that you will go up for that you will not win. There will not be another moment that you will not win in life. The Lord told me to get ready. Get ready. There's going to be continuous flow in your life. There's going to be continuous flow. I dare you to receive that. I dare you to receive that. That's going to be a constant flow. I'm breaking that generational curse. I'm breaking that generational curse. Hold on. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm breaking that spirit of lack that's been over your family. I decree and declare. I dare you to receive this. I decree and declare the spirit of lack is broken off of your house. It's broken off of your family. Your grandmama dealt with it. Your cousins dealt with it. Your aunties dealt with it. But the Lord said it won't have to happen to you anymore. I'm breaking that spirit. That lack is gone in the name of Jesus. It's got to get out of here. The doors in the back are open. And I cast that spirit of lack out. I cast it out. You've got to go. Bye-bye. Get out of here. The spirit of lack is broken off of your life. And I dare you for the next 30 seconds to praise God because the flow is happening. Praise God because the flow is happening. Praise God because the flow is He's got a flow for you. 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 
that this is just your season and it won't last long. The devil is a liar. So the Bible says that his favor is for a lifetime. Though his anger is for a moment, his favor is a lifetime. He's about to give you lifetime favor. Thus is the word of the Lord to you. There will never be a day you will not have a flow in your life. There will never be a day. As long as you bring the joy, he's going to provide the flow. As long as you bring the jar, he is going to provide the flow. As long as you provide the jar, he is going to provide the flow. Show me an emptiness, and I'll show you a flow. He that called to God must first believe that he is. He is a filler. He is a flowing God. He is a moving God. He is a moving God. Let it flow. Let it flow. Uh-huh. He's going to touch you. Let it flow. If you receive it, he's going to flow. His spirit is here. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. You're about to go home wet. Let it flow. Soak it wet. He's about to wet up your house. Let it flow. Let it flow. Your business is about to flow. Your money is about to flow. That's about to be a flow in every area that pertains to you. That's about to be a flow. Let it 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 flow. Let your worship flow to him. Come on, let your worship flow to him. Let your worship flow. Let your worship flow. Let it flow. I got a
Give us strategy on how to maintain what's about to flow in our life. Give us strategy on how to handle what's about to flow in our life. Contracts being closed, real estate being developed, books being written, music being sung. Give us a mindset to handle the flow, the flow, the career we're about to go into, the company we're about to launch, the flow. Thank you, Lord. Our non-flow days are over. Our non-flow days are over. Your non-flow days are over. Your flowing is stopping. Your flowing is stopping. Those days are over. This is a constant, continuous, celestial flow. This is a flow. You'll never be the same again. Never the same again. Never the same again. Never. I wish I could preach it the way I feel it. Never the same again. Never the same again. Never the same again. Never the same again. Your drive home is going to be different. Your sleep is going to be different. You're going to wake up with ideals and concepts. Get a pen and paper by your bed. He's going to give you concepts. He's going to give you ideals. He's going to give you clarity. He's going to give you strategy. He's going to give you concepts. He's going to give you a strategy. He's going to give you a business plan. Never the same. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. The Lord told me he's going to put people in your life that's going to help you. He's going to put people in your life that's going to understand the flow. And it's going to help you in the flow. Because heretofore you've been lonely. Because you have been afraid of success. Because if you get success, who can you rely on? Who can you be with? Who can you relate to? The Lord said, I'm going to put people in your life who can relate to the flow that's happening in your life. I'm going to put people in your life who can relate to it. And they're going to be able to support you in your flow. They're not going to be haters because they got a flow. They're not going to be envious because they have a flow. They're not going to be wanting your stuff because they have a flow. I'm going to put other flowers in your life who are going to understand you. And I'm going to put resources in your life. And I'm going to bring people in your life that's going to introduce you to the next level that I'm taking you on. Sorry, Lord. He said it's not even the next level. It's the next dimension. The next dimension is something different. The next level is just one step up. The next dimension is a whole other stratosphere. It's a whole other world. The Lord said, don't think about being a basketball player. Think about owning a franchise. Basketball players is too small. Own a franchise. Buy it. Don't think about working for the company. Own it. Don't just be an assistant. Be the CEO. Find out what it takes to get in the C-suite. Get in the C-suite. That's going to be a constant flow and a favor on your life that's going to be undescribable. And nobody will be able to ignore the favor of God that's going to be on your life. Is, so, is, current, present tense, on your life. It's on your life. Scholarships. Scholarships. 
If, if everybody here who has a college-age kid or about to go to college, you need to lift your hands because the Lord said, I'm giving you scholarships. 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 Fully paid. That's a flow. Fully paid. Fully paid. Fully paid. Fully paid. The Lord said, many of us struggle to receive a word like this because you're trying to figure out where is the flow. You're trying to figure out. If you say I'm about to be blessed, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, I know Larry, and I know Michael, and I know these people. God said it's not going to be from anybody you will ever assume. I'm about to bring it out of a place you would have never assumed. The, the lady never considered the jar of oil. Never considered it. But the jar of oil is what brought her to a, a generational blessing. We've been looking for the obvious. God said, I hid that thing for the time that I needed you to see it. If you would have seen it 10 years ago, you wouldn't have been able to handle it. If you would have saw it five years ago, you would have got the money and ran off. But now that you're smarter, now you're wiser, now you're stronger, now I can give you the blessing. And you can divide it and buy real estate and open, and open up your own company. Buy the land. Whatever land you saw, buy it. He said, I give you the land to possess it. It's yours. Houses you didn't build, biggest you didn't grow. Yes. 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 Have not seen. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into your heart the thing that I am about to do for you. That means what I'm about to do, you couldn't even have imagined it would have been you. You're going to look back to this message next year and think I wouldn't even have imagined that person would now be here. I'm telling you, this is a, this is a prophetic word. Your whole life is about to change. There's a paradigm shift. There's a shift happening. There's a shift. You have to get to know you again. You have to get to know you. The flow of you. Because you know the other, the hustling. Hustling, trying to survive you. You know that you.
get this strong, but your salary now is going to be your lunch money. Oh, Flow. 
Jesus Christ is the Lord. You have to say it. Romans 10 9 says, If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. Amen. And I know. 